Please listen carefully. Salutations, toppers, and welcome to episode 83 of the Turn of Phrases podcast. I hope this episode finds you well, and I thank you for giving me some of your time today. What are we talking about today? Well, as I mentioned last week, we're starting a series I'm calling The British Invasion. Topper Richard, whose Twitter handle is LostThePlot235, wanted to know if some common British phrases were actually British. So he sent me a handful of them to examine. In fact, he sent me enough to make three episodes, hence why I'm calling it a series. Also, I mentioned that I was making changes to my Patreon. Those changes are that I shut it down. If you want to support the podcast, I do have a merch store, and spreading the word about the show is always super helpful. I may explore other ways to support the show in the future, but for now, the store and word of mouth are the best ways to do so. Now, without further ado, let's travel the world, at least through words, to find out today's phrases, origins, history, and more. First up is to turn on a sixpence, which means to turn quickly and without needing much space. Richard gave me the example of a rugby player being so agile that he could turn on a sixpence to avoid an opposing player. This is similar to the American phrase, to turn on a dime. When you look at the size of a sixpence, and a dime for that matter, these sayings make sense. A dime is only 0.705 inches in diameter, or 17.91 millimeters. A sixpence is slightly bigger, coming in at a diameter of three quarters of an inch, or 19.3 millimeters. I couldn't track down the origin of this one, but it was a British saying before it was an American one, which also makes sense because the sixpence has been around since 1551, and dimes weren't minted until 1796. Well, technically they were first minted in 1792, but those first dimes were never circulated. Now, let's move on from a sixpence to a farthing. If you say someone is a farthing short of a shilling, you're implying they aren't smart. Richard also mentioned a similar saying, a sandwich short of a picnic. This type of insult is referred to in general as an X short of a Y sayings. And there's a ton of them. I found a list of 245 ways to insult someone's intelligence, and many of the options were similar to this saying. Here's a few more examples. A few trees short of a forest. A few fries short of a Happy Meal. A few beads short of a rosary. A few electrons short of an isotope. A few grapes short of a fruit salad. A few keys short of a keyboard. And a few cards short of the deck. I think you get the idea. There's a ton of ways to say that someone isn't all there upstairs. I can't tell you for sure when someone first hurled an insult of this type, but I can say this type of insult is at least as old as the mid-19th century, 
These insults are believed to come from Australia and New Zealand. However, the first print usage I found was written by a British Army officer and writer named Colonel Godfrey Mundy. So, I don't know for sure what the true country of origin is. Anyway, in 1852, Mundy wrote Our Antipodes and included this in it, quote, The climate is productive of chronic diseases rather than acute ones. Let no man having, in colonial phrase, a single short, try this country. He will pass his days in Tarbin Creek Asylum. End quote. Now, I know he only said a single short, not a few X short of Y, but this is still thought to be the first use in print. And that's all I found for this one, so let's move on. Next up, Richard told me three phrases that he uses in relation to cricket and the England cricket team. He told me he hasn't really heard anyone else use them, so he hopes to popularize them here. Richard, I don't think I'm going to make these the next big things in the saying world, but hopefully a few people will add them to their vocabulary. The three sayings are too slow for a funeral, as sharp as a wet tissue, and attacking with the ferocity of a feather duster. I couldn't find anything specific on these, which makes sense, as Richard stated he hadn't heard other people use them. But I'd imagine that they're similar to the few X short of a Y sayings. People typically drive slow at funerals, so if you're too slow for a funeral, you're not moving remotely fast enough. Wet tissue isn't even a little sharp, so this is really just another sarcastic saying meant to evoke its sarcastic meaning through the visual of a wet tissue. Along those same lines, feather dusters can't do much in the way of attacking, so it's an extreme example of how useless something is. I don't think these sayings have been around since old-timey times, but I do think it's safe to say that the origin of them are British, and in fact, maybe Richard himself came up with them. The world may never know. Now I have four turn-of-phrases tidbits for you. The first tidbit is the saying, We have blank coming out of our ears. The blank can be interchanged with literally anything. If your freezer is full of ice cream, then you have ice cream coming out of your ears. If you're extremely busy at work, then you have work coming out of your ears. This saying is just a way to say that you have an overwhelming amount of something, good or bad. I honestly couldn't find any kind of origin for this one, but the imagery within the saying makes sense especially if you look at the similar saying of up to your ears in something. If you are up to your ears in something, then you're almost completely covered with it. If something is coming out of your ears, then it's nearly filled you up, or taken up all of you. Basically, it's just a saying that comes from the idea that your ears are near the top of you, and having something come up to or out of them would be overwhelming. Richard also gave me the saying, coming thick and fast. This one means something is happening quickly, and in large numbers. There also isn't much info out there on this one, which is kind of funny for a saying about having a lot of something. Anyway, I can tell you that the saying was first said as thick and threefold, which appears in the vernacular in the late 16th century. By the early 17th century, it was being said as we say it today. 
That's it for this tidbit, so let's move on. The saying, more than you can shake a stick at, means there's a lot of something. For example, if you have more work than you can shake a stick at, then you have too much work to do. We say this one over here in the States, which makes sense, because this one originated here. Sorry, Richard, this one is not a British-born saying. It comes from the idea of using a stick to point at each object as you count something. So if there's a lot of something, the stick will be moving around a lot. And if there's too much to count, you can't shake your stick at all of it. According to the Oxford English Dictionary, this saying first appears in print in 1818, in an August 5th article in the Lancaster Journal from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. It read, quote, We have in Lancaster as many taverns as you can shake a stick at. End quote. The last tidbit is the floodgates are open. This one is also another way to say that something is coming fast and it also can mean something can't be stopped. Again, I couldn't track down the origin. However, if we look at actual floodgates, this one makes sense. A floodgate is a gate used to control the flow of water. It literally holds back water, and if opened, the water behind it can't be contained. This physical gate has become a metaphor for something that holds back something or someone. And if the metaphorical gate is opened, things usually can't go back to the way they were. And with that, it's time for today's familiar quotation. Toppers, today's familiar quotation is from Bill Bryson. Here's what he had to say about the game of cricket. Quote, what other country could possibly have come up with place names like Tootingbeck and Farley Wallop, or a game like cricket that goes on for three days and never seems to start? End quote. I've never watched a game of cricket, but since Richard mentioned the game, I thought this would be a fitting quote for today. Thank you, Mr. Bryson, for giving us today's familiar quotation. All right, toppers, it's time for today's For Better or For Words, love advice from old-timey times. Remember that this advice is over a hundred years old, and I'm sharing it for entertainment purposes only. Now, let's hear from the ladies first. Don't consent to be treated as a child who cannot be expected to take any responsibility. Insist on hearing bad news as well as good. You did not marry your husband to be wrapped in cotton wool and put away in a glass case. You married him to be the partner of his joys and sorrows. And now for the men. Don't be careless about keeping promises made to your wife. If you have promised to be home at 7, think twice before you go off with a friend at 6.30. All right, toppers, that's going to do it for episode 83. Thank you for lending me your ears today to turn some phrases. As I always do, I hope you enjoyed the episode and that you learned something along the way. 
Check out my website, turnofphrases.com, to find out information about the show's social media, for details about the music I use in the show, and much more. If you had a good time listening, please consider subscribing or leaving a rating and review. Also, if you know someone who'd enjoy the show, please tell them about it to help spread the word. Thanks again for listening to the Turn of Phrases podcast. Researched, written, hosted, and produced by me, Brisky. Until next time, toppers, thanks for tuning in. Toodaloo. And now... This is... Let me rephrase. And the England cricket team. Oops. But I'd imagine that they're similar to the few... Nope. If your freezer's full of ice cream, then you might have ice cream. Nope. 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 Especially if you look at the saying similar... Nope. Basically, it's just a way to say... No, I lost my place. Anyway, I can tell you... If I knew where I was, I could tell you. However, if we look at... at, (laughs) My mouth just broke.